Good morning. Welcome back to the Self Love Show. I'm your co-host, Dawn Light, and my beautiful sister here, Trish Wright, is with me. You know us. Welcome back. Thank you for our viewers that tune in weekly. We're super grateful to have you. And for those new viewers, just to let you know, we have a YouTube channel, just in case you didn't know about it. Please go there and explore and share previous videos. There's lots of gems from the past two years of navigating pandemic and the self-love show. So we have such a wide variety of um, topics, which, you know, self-love includes all the deep topics, right? And so we're committed to always bringing the, that current edge of like what's most important, what's undercurrent needs to be shared and talked about, right? So I just wanted to invite you into a conversation that's going to be raw and fierce today. I'm going to do a little introduction here. Who am I being that creates the world I live? So on the daily, Trish and I always have conversations about all kinds of things, and we chip away at the beliefs that we hold that keep us separate, disembodied, disempowered, and perpetuating our own harm and harm to others or against others. So in this show, Trish and I are going to share a bit about our story or share more about how we got here and why we do the work that we do and how we continue to walk forward in our lives. There's no doubt that this show can be honest, raw, emotional, and fierce. So let's lean into our vulnerability and be powerful today together and explore what this means. So without further ado, Trish, you take it away. Hmm. So just to give you a little bit of story <laughs> um, for all of you, and to give you a little bit of backstory is that I've been doing a lot of anti-racist work for the last two years, but I've also recently stepped into a sociology class and I've also stepped into a social work class. Um, and in this understanding, like I'm, I'm just going to hold this here. And the conversations that Don and I have and the conversations that my teacher and I have, there's, there's multiple teachers, there's this common thread of perspective. There's this common weaving of how we perceive the world and how we're socialized to behave. So you've heard Don and I speak a lot about how... So our childhood has created situations or created the way that we are. And that's, that's our shadow work, right? This is the work that we're doing <laughs> is that through our childhood or through the things that we've experienced, we've created ideas around the world. We've also created parts of our identity, our personality and our egos based on the experiences that we've had. Right? So this is just backstory to help you understand where my mind is going today. And, you know, like I, I've spent a lot of time and I even once was a person who identified, who created part of identity, my person around the traumas that I've experienced. And, and I'd invite anybody out there who's watching um, to, to like, you know, raise your hand or, or type in the chat box if you've experienced this, like I identified I created part of my identity around the trauma that I experienced. So whether it was abuse or whether it was sexual assault or whether it was uh, being told that I, I stink at a party once from some guy who was just trying to be mean to me. Like whether, do you see, like there's these types of things that I literally attached to who I am and was or, or I was being. And so what I really want to jump into is a, is a line that my ex-fiance used to say to me all the time. Um, bless his heart and his soul. We are no longer together for some reasons that we'll share later on. 
but who am I that my world is? And I know that it's a confusing conversation or a confusing, it, it's very, it, it's, it's hard to mash that kind of language into your brain. But what it means to me is that who am I being? How am I showing up in the world? Who am who, my energy? Who am I being? Who am I, am I, and that's creating the way that the world shows up for me. So again, who am I that my world is? And when I stop to look around, how am I creating a situation in my life that's consistent? I don't know if you're watching your patterns. Is anyone else watching their patterns? Like, how did I fucking do that again? I watched that thing one more time even. How did I create that different person? Same, practically the same situation, right? How, who am I being that makes that thing happen? And or, I really, or how am I contributing to creating this? Right. And this is where we get to lean in and take full responsibility for our behaviors, our thoughts, our actions around what is perpetuating the pattern. Does that help? I think we all have this. I mean, this is what doing your shadow work is. And I'm humaning what I, it's humaning. I love that all of my friends have taken this word and run with it. You know that you're my friend when you start using the word humaning. And I was like, oh my God, is that a trishism? Anyway, I love that. It just delights me. Uh, um, There's this, what I, what I want to make clear in this conversation right now is that I'm not saying to just think it all away. I'm, I'm certainly not saying to do the it's all good, pat it on the head, just you know bypass it, it's the way you think. Yes, it's the way you think, and it's some other things. It's, it's about actually looking at what has created the emotional explosion that created a pattern. So it's not only doing the shadow work, it's thinking about, it's understanding why you think the way you think, and it's actively making a difference in your thoughts, behaviors, actions, and how you show up. It's about educating yourself about how we behave in the world, how we choose to show up. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm it is about the way you think and who you are, but you're also not fully responsible <laughs> for everything that happens in your life. There are seven point other seven point eight billion other realities and people on this planet that touch your reality. They might trigger the t- out of you, and you don't have to. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Well, go ahead. You finish your thought. So th- there's that, and there's like things that you don't have to put up with. You don't need to put up with abuse. You don't need to put up with aggression. You you don't like there's ways that and standards at which you choose to live by. And, and so if it's, let's say I have a best friend who's, um, who just maybe isn't the, this person, let's say I have a best friend and I hang out with them all the time. I don't drink, but they do. And they keep inviting me to do these things that, that are out of my integrity. My integrity is to hold my sobriety. And the reason why is because I do dumb stuff and my life slips and I don't hold my clients. And, da, 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 you know, like there's lots of symptoms and, and experience and effects of this experience. So if I'm hanging out with this person all the time and they start to guilt and shame me for not partying with them and they start to do these things, then I get to make the choice. Again, it's my responsibility. It's not on them. They're doing their life. That's in their integrity, right? It's about where I choose to hold my boundary for myself. And it's about how I choose to show up for the other person, still loving them, and also how I accept behavior. I'll pass it to you for a little while because I got, I got is, is that behavior in alignment with what is moving your life forward? 
you know, and it's a choice that we get to make. And when we get better and better and better at leaning in to like exploring how we are perpetuating the patterns, what we're, you know, it's a deep conversation we're always having with ourselves. Once you learn these tools or learn how to work with yourself in this certain way, then it gets easier. And you, it doesn't mean that the core wounding won't be painful as it arises, but it, it helps you navigate it deeper and helps you get to the core of what it is faster. And so I'm just going to speak in terms of, you know, patterning, like it's really powerful. Yes. Our childhood imprints us and the things that we experience in our childhood um, set us up to do this work as adults. And so there's a combination of the, uh, the people involved when you experience some form of trauma, whatever it may be. And, you know, trauma has varying degrees, right? There's really very intense and then there's lighter, but it's still impactful, right? People sometimes want to downplay the, you know, harmful words. Oh, well, I wasn't hit in my childhood. I've heard this from clients. Oh, I wasn't hit in my childhood. I had a great childhood. And then they come to find out, no, they have a very toxic person in their life, an aunt, an uncle, a sister, a brother, you know, a mother, a father, like there's varying characters, right? That this goes on and on and on. And and we have to, sometimes we can't pinpoint where this weird behavior and pattern is coming from because it wasn't your immediate core family. But then something happened when you were very young, pre-verbal even, and it set up this very deep thing. And so it's very important to really kind of start to un pull the veil back and really help you kind of investigate and hold. And this is the work I do with clients. It's like really explore Hmm, what was this and what did you make it mean about you? And when you can get to those deeper things, then you have an aha around, oh, wow, I'm showing as a, I'm showing up in my current relationship with so-and-so as a combination of the three people involved in this dynamic that happened to me when I was four or five years old. Right. And you get to see like, oh, I'm saying the behaviors of, of a person A, I'm enacting the behaviors of person B, and the experience is giving me the spectrum to experience the learning through um, in the light and the dark, right? Because we experience a spectrum always of learning. It's always through the, the shadow of the light and the dark that we experience everything in the universe because God is both the dark and the light. So it's always this broad spectrum of learning, but it's, it's powerful, right? There's this really amazing thing going on. And when you can really hold your heart and have compassion for all parts of yourself and how you're showing up and creating it, really, this is where we get to take back our full responsibility, right? Not just bits and pieces of it, but all of it and have compassion for, oh, wow, I really wasn't present there for myself or I, I abandoned myself there or I was really mean to that person there that I was not conscious there. Like, right. You get to see all parts of like how it unfolds. And when you really get to own it and just deeply have compassion for it and yourself, then the pattern starts to shift and you start to shift the next time the opportunity the universe brings the same character type into your life to experience it again, you say, oh, I, I recognize this and I have the power to choose differently. I have the power inside. I'm empowered now. I can see this coming. I can handle this with grace now. I can speak with more grace. I can be kind and loving and give a boundary in a place that I never did before. And that's when you know you're making change in the pattern itself. Exactly. And, and it's uncomfortable. This work is uncomfortable. And just know that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like that's a piece that you get to accept. Yeah, I think that people have this idea that life, like once you have a spiritual awareness that life is supposed to be all rainbows and unicorns and we've graduated somehow. And I would love to say that's the truth, but the reality is everybody pulls their own red wagon in life and it, you know, chop wood before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. There's still deep work coming and there's still, you know, it does get easier because you know how you have to navigate with the tools to do the inner work, but it's, 
still there's stuff that's going to surface. There's patterns that are going to surface. There's explorations that are going to happen. You just get more ability to access a deeper level of compassionate self-forgiveness and compassionate self-love for yourself, no matter what's occurring. Just one second. I'm finishing a post. Um, we really appreciate everyone that loves to post in the comments. Like, how is this conversation landing for you today? I'm just so curious. Like, what deep pattern are you in the throes of exploring and working out? Like, post it in the comments. We love knowing how this show supports your growth, right? Like, the more you tune in and give us feedback, the more we're like, yeah, we can we can talk on those points. We can share our, our thoughts, tips, ideas. You know, we both have a full coaching practice. And super stoked to support you and your awakening here. What I want to bring up now is something that that we're all really not conscious of. So there's some patterning in the world that some of us are are seeing and some of us aren't. And I'm going to I'm going to try to walk it slowly. And I'll tell you how I got here. This is this is a part of my personal story because I know some of you haven't really heard bits of my story and some of you have. Um, a few years ago, I was in a pretty emotionally and randomly physically abusive relationship. And it took me some time to understand how I had a hand in creating it. There was a, like, I projected a lot and I created this identity around my victimization. Like I got something from being a victim. I got power. I got attention. I got people gave me things from this seemingly disempowered place but it was actually a a strategy to create power in my life. I just want to own that because I think it's really important that we look at our own places of victimization. Now it has led me down a really interesting path over the last three or four years. And Dawn's been walking with me this whole time. (laughs) What a great friend to support me getting out of that relationship. I had all these friends to actually just step up and step to me and be like, hey, you can't be in this relationship anymore. It is literally killing you both. And I'm like, I can see it, but I don't know how to to change this behavior because I have some some addiction to it. Now, I, I was pretty emotionally abusive to my partner, manipulating and poking, passive aggressive, like all of these things. And so as I walked forward, I learned how to, wait, A, process my feelings, which was something that I was never taught. And then I was able to understand my own personal empathy. Like I understood empathy for the first time on a, I mean, months and months of practicing to actually hit it. Like, Oh my God, that's empathy. And now I can, I have enough for myself that I can give it to other people. And then I started to look at how to get back into my body because I lived up here. Anybody else have that? Like living up in the brain and, you know, and I didn't realize how mean my, my chatter is. And so let's walk forward a few years. And now I've, I've taken this, um, this course, this anti-racism course. You can call it an anti-racism course. It's decolonization work, actually. And it's called Heal Thyself, a Transformative Initiation for People Racialized as White. Some of you have seen it and heard me say it before. And I'm taking it for the second time. So the first time, I really had to wrap my head around some things. It took me six months to wrap my head around just how far and deep this goes and how white supremacy or how patriarchy or how capitalism or how colonization actually hurts everyone. How, how it harms me and how it harms Dawn and how it harms each and every one of you. And, and I was like, you know, at first I went in really skeptical and was like, you know, but now that I'm sitting here for the second time walking through it again, 
my questions are very different. And here are some of the questions that I'm working on now. I'm deep in the throes of a, a massive research project around codependency. And what I'm finding in the world is how far back we have created this power dynamic of dominance and submission and what it actually creates. And so th there's a couple things that I want to share with you right now and that, that I'm, I'm really starting to, to start to not just hear it, but I'm starting to integrate it into my DNA. And so, so, so here, I mean, they're, they're going to come a little, maybe it's not going to be as linear because <laughs> that's not how my brain works. My brain doesn't work as a linear fashion, but I'm going to try to share it as much as I, I understand it to be now. Okay. There's ways that through generations that we've dehumanized each other that we've dehumanized or what I mean by dehumanized is that we have created a system where a person is less than human, where we've created a, an object where we've created a animal where we have created, we have dis, dispersoned someone. We have like made them something different. And there's ways of this happening within religion within politics, within gender dynamics and identities, it, it literally goes back to the way that we consume and trade information as well as items. I mean, it, 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 like if you can just take a moment and, and fathom how far back you can imagine religion or how far back you can imagine trade industry and just kind of think about how this is where we've become dehumanized, less than human. I don't know about you, but I woke up in a human body today. I woke up 36 years ago in a human body. It's hard to dehumanize me <laughs> anymore other than implanting thoughts and systems in my brain that create questions about my worthiness to be human and loved. Are you following me? I know I'm getting, I'm getting kind of, I know since literally, yes, Dustin's my brother, literally since the dawn of time. And I, I'm glad that you're here, Dustin, because this is one of the things that we, we talked about. And, and I love what you were sharing as well, that since the dawn of time, we've created the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. human beings we meaning like i'm just using this we as being like i am part of the human experience and when i get afraid i want to control anybody else have that so what i wanted to just kind of like drop into the space is is how we have become separate from god and i I'm, i know i'm setting you up don because i know you got a lot to say here <laughs> i'm setting you up so just <laughs> that there's there's a couple of things of when, when we're, we're praying to God. So yesterday I'm in my class and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about what they're sharing. And they shared a little bit about how God has been, how we became separated from God. I'm going to totally butcher what they said. And, and it's not what they said, but it's, it's way cleaner than this. But what they were sharing sounded to me like this. This is how I interpreted is that, when you separate yourself from God, when you separate yourself from the experiences that you're having. So we're watching people become a power, play these power dynamics. And so there's all these people in the world who are underneath the, the powers that control, right? They're on the bottom. And they're like, my experience is suffering. My experience is pain. My body is in pain. My emotional body, my spiritual body is in pain. God must be, because human brains need to create a, def def a definition of something. We need to hold on to those ideas, right? So God must be suffering and pain. I must fear God and I must be a good person or I must do these things. And these people who have better than I do must know the way because they have better than right? So when we start to create a fear-based love, 
we create this thing that love is elusive, that we can't be loved in this body. Right? So this is the one of the acts of socialization around being dehumanized. Other ways that we become dehumanized are being socialized as women. Did I wake up thinking, like, I didn't wake up in this body being like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be subservient to men, to, to bear children. Did you know that the institution, the institution of legal marriage is based on controlling property and ownership of property, passing down the lineage to a male heir that you can tr- control your wife? That doesn't just go away when we decide that women can have bank accounts and, you know, like, you know, have, quote unquote, equal opportunity. It doesn't go away. Those ideas don't just go away in like a few generations. It's literally, this is what they mean by systemic. It's systemic sexism. It's systemic racism. It just doesn't go away when people, you know, like, do, do, are you following me? I'm, I'm like, I should probably settle down. <laughs> I'm excited. And, and so what I mean by systemic uh, oppressive thought patterns is that some of us don't even know that we're playing into social roles or society's ideas. And it could be any society that you live in. For me to have power in the society, I need to be a thin, white, preferably blonde, wealthy, gregarious, physically pleasing, smiling person. And in fact, those gender roles, though that particular thing is deeply dehumanizing because it excludes any body, every body, anybody that doesn't fit into this, this, this prepubescent idea of beauty, of youth of procreated, controlling youth. Yep. I'm just going to, for a second. (laughs) I mean, there's so much that you just said. Like, like, (laughs) there's just so much there. Um, There's powerful learning though, you know, as souls, we come in with, you know, specific curriculum and lessons to learn. And I think that this stuff has unfolded and happened in this way. And I'm not saying it should exist. I'm just saying that it sets it up for the lessons to be learned, right? These specific kind of containers and things that go on and the learning that takes place when say, for instance, you're in a relationship where you're experiencing some subservient energy you know, where one partner is wanting one partner to be a certain way based on societal conditions, you know, and you're rubbing up against that. And truly, like, I'll just speak in a woman's terms, like, say, let's just use that woman and a man example, right, where the woman feels like she has to be subservient or be a certain role. And the truth is, is does it really support her true authentic expression? Maybe she has a, a a true need and deep soul urge to be adventurous. And like her spiritual path has to do with other things other than being homemaker. Right. And keeping, you know, and, but then the husband shows up and, you know, consistently um, plays a role. Right. And like, they're both playing a role And how do you get out of that role or shift the role dynamic altogether by being truly talking about what is absolutely, is it serving serving us? Is it only, it's only healthy if you consent to it. Mm -hmm. If you want to play that, that role of subservient woman or whatever, to the, the gender roles, like I want to behave in this very um, stereotypical or socialized as female gender role as being 
quiet and meek and soft and beautiful. And yeah, I want to play that role. Think about it. Think about how all little girls are taught to play house and dolls. And I mean, that, that was my jam when I was a kid. I loved playing house. I loved playing store. Like that was the thing. I was like all about it when I was a child, you know, and it was fun. Like I got all into it. And it's interesting, right? Because it taught me, like, and I've been married 18 years, you know, like I was, and watching my parents be married and what, even though it was super dysfunctional, I still chose at a deep, deep part of me that I wanted a relationship. I wanted deep love. But here's the thing. I had to go on this powerful journey of breaking the abusive cycle because it wasn't just my dad. I Like after my dad, it set me up to like, oh, I still was allowing in abusive people. Like my whole 20s, in my 20s, like that's part of the reason why I left Texas and came to California. Because when I moved to California, I said, that's it. Who I choose to be in my life will be of have integrity, have loving, have kindness, be wanting to do the inner work. You know, I made this like I made this deep, intentional like commitment to myself to build tribe and build community from a place of loving. When I stepped foot into California, you know, now it's been, I moved to, I moved to California when I was 25 and I'm 47 now. So, you know what I mean? And I've done that. I've honestly can say the people in my life now are those people because I, I had to do that. And, and not to say I still have good, deep connections in Texas. I love my Texas people. And, you know, I still am connected with my family. I love them. But there were a lot of toxic character types that I had to break free of, you know, and even down to like my young, you know, first encounters, sexual encounters were super abusive, Yes, And that was because it was so second nature to allow in abuse because I was trained to be okay with it, right? Because I was always spoken so, so awful to, I was programmed to like, you know, I went to school thinking everyone at school as a young child was experiencing what I experienced. Like it was normal for me to hide in the bathroom because I got my first C, like I didn't go home because I knew what was coming. Like that, and that was normal to me. I thought that like everyone experienced that, you know, and I didn't realize like later, oh my God, no one's experiencing what I'm experiencing. Like, wow, you know, mind blowing. So, and then it was a deep, you know, just a deep cathartic process to just heal back the mask and do the inner work. And thankfully my soul was so strong and guiding me forward of like, I know there's a better life here for me. I know that I'm a loving being and that I deserve to have true unconditional love in my life with everyone in my life, not just one or two people, but like all beings, right. And experiencing that on all levels, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, with all, you know, relationships, work dynamics, love dynamics, not just accepting it here and there, but all like, that's what I was going for. And I like, didn't even realize, you know, as a young one that I was making those choices, but it was a spiritual adventure I've been on literally. And here I am, it has led me here to be a mentor and guide for others because I've done such deep work around unraveling it right at the core. And I can honestly say I'm so grateful because I do have unconditional love in my life. Truly. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I still have material surfacing. I still have patterns surfacing, but I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to stay in it. I'm willing to show up. And that's, that's the thing. It's like breaking that cycle of running, running from the things that are hurting or painful because it's too painful to see. Yes. See, well, I just want a side note. I won't work with someone who's not willing. If they just come to me and say, fix it, or, or I want to change it, but I'm not willing to do the work or it's, it's too hard or not willing to do the homework. I'm not willing to work with those people. I'm not willing to waste their money or time or mine to, to do something that's, they're not willing. And that's willingness will get you so far. Just showing up is 90% of the work, right? Showing up and being like, yes. 
What I wanted to bring back to is something that you said is you were socialized to be okay with the abuse. And this is how we participate in rape culture. This is how I used to participate in rape culture. When I showed up to any date and didn't say no specifically and directly, I was continuing to participate. When I would, when I would say, oh, eh, and, me, and be meek and, and be that socialized as female thing, that's how I continued to perpetuate it. Because that man never, never learned that he couldn't pressure me. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it's, this is how my world shows up, right? So how did I, how did I have two sexual assaults in my lifetime? I'm not saying that they, it's all of my fault. Both, they were socialized as male to behave in certain ways, to manipulate, to get their needs met. I was also socialized to get my needs met in a very specific way as well. And the fact that this person wasn't clear about their agenda with me and I wasn't confident in my body, in my no, in my what I wanted, in how to say no. Like nobody ever taught me those things. I had to learn those things. Like that's all the ways that we perpetuate harm and sexism. Well, and owning your voice comes after you do some deeper empowerment work with yourself around like the the deeper shadow, the core wounding, right? Because sometimes our voice can be squelched and we don't even, can't even own it because of, I know this is me. I was, I literally had a pattern of um, being invisible. I learned to be invisible as a child because it kept me safe. So it showed up as being quiet, never being able to own my voice, never being able to really truly get behind how I truly feel and say, I stand for this. Right. And that came later after a lot of years of inner work. But I remember how and, and owning my anger really supported unearthing, like finally being able to own my voice and say, th- say the things because there was just so much buried, repressed emotion and feelings from all the times of being abused and all the horrible things said that it, I literally was blocked from even saying you know, or speaking up. And I know I'm not just speaking for myself here. I'm speaking for anyone that's ever been suppressed, oppressed, abused, you know, taken advantage of. And it's, it's a powerful learning opportunity for both parties involved. Yes. So this is why I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you all this, a secret. You probably have seen it, but I don't shave my armpits. And do you know how much shit I get for that? I get so much shit. Do you know why I don't shave my armpits? Because it is a... I don't exactly remember the the date, but it was early between like the, the 40s and the 60s. It was a ploy, an advertisement ploy, to get women to buy razors. I don't want to participate in a social beauty standard that dehumanizes my body. And that makes me, that perpetuates this idea that youth is good or better. No, (laughs) my body grows hair. It grows it everywhere. This is just how this works for me. I'm unwilling to, to play that game anymore. I personally didn't like hair in my underarms, so I shaved mine, and then I got laser hair removal, and it was the best thing ever. And it's personal preference. It's just now that I'm, I'm like, fuck, like, this pink tax. And we, we all know about the pink tax. We've heard it all over the radio and the news and all of the things. of like, they charge you more for a pink razor, a woman's razor, more than a man's razor. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And honestly, environmentally, they're not good for the environment, all the like just chunking a razor. Like, so, you know, we've got to actually, this is where we become more conscious about the environment too, is like taking ownership of like our usage. So laser hair removal supported the environment for, it was healthy for me. It was, it was, it was, you know, an investment in myself, but man, I am more than grat. I have immense, every time I'm getting in the shower, I'm just like, this is amazing. I can just throw on a bikini and go at any point. It's amazing. And I'm so happy because I'm not 
buying all those dang cartridges and I was I had a lot of hair so I was really stoked to just be like complete there like woo thank you and Best that's I ever gave myself that's the thing is like we get to choose how we do it now if is it empowering are you wearing the heels and the makeup because you feel disempowered and the only way that you feel empowered is to wear those things we might want to look deeper into that we yes. might want to look deeper at how Your we identity is fully wrapped in that and that's the only way you can am i muted no i was pointing at you but i, I oh, okay even um, after years i still can't figure it out yeah. <laughs> no i was saying if your identity is fully wrapped in that and you have to show up that way to have like a feeling or a sense of empowerment then that is something to look at and and so this is what i'm what i'm trying to say in this who am i that my world is when we step back and we start to look at our own patterning and we start to look at our social patterning and we look at how we're quote unquote supposed to look, be, and, and behave. That is the place where we might want to look at if that's a, a place where we have to fit in or a place that we're dehumanized or that we are forced to behave. Now, like there's, there's just so much here <laughs> and I, I'm trying not to get too deep because I know this just like knocks people in the face and then you're like, what did she just say? Now, I know that we've, we've said a lot here and I'm going to invite you all to just take a deep breath, just a, an integrating breath to give yourself a moment to drop back into your body to drop into your shoulders, to like, because oh. what I'm going to say next <laughs> is, is just some other little things. Um, one of the things that Bridge just said in my class yesterday and, and is anything that tells you that you have to be is a contraction of self. And I, I got, I like laid in bed last night just thinking about this. And I was like, oh my God. And, and this is what we were just saying is that if I feel like I have to be, I often am like, I, I don't know if I'm just now trained to, to, to think like, oh God, the place of like where I, where I, I get that place of confusion. Does anyone know the place of confusion where you're like, I'm supposed to do this, but I don't want to do this. And I'm like, eh. That's rebelling against it. Well, that's the place where I now rebel against it. But what I used to do is I used to just do what I was quote unquote supposed to do, which is the essence of codependency and the essence of self-abandonment. We're taught in the society and many other societies that to self-abandon, to sacrifice, which is subservience, right, is love. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to do things for Don Light. I want to do things for my partner. Even sometimes I want to do things that I can't do. And I just say those things like, I really want to do this thing for you. And I can't show up there. Maybe in a month, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm just more honest about where I'm at. Side story. But so that's the place is like, when we, when that, that place of, I should, I'm supposed to, I'm obligated. I stop there. I'm literally like now training myself to be like, oh shit, this is the place where I often abandon myself. And I'll take a step back and I'll take a deep breath. I'll go, okay, what's the most self-honoring choice right now? What are my options? How is this going to impact everyone? Now, the thing that changed for me in the last two years is that this sovereignty piece or self-honoring choice piece looked a lot like how do I protect myself? And it was very, like some aspects of it was selfish. But now what it looks like is restorative. My conversation in the world is restorative. What is the most self-honoring and restorative choice that I could make? For both of us, for everyone this involves. Like I know now, something that I learned from polyamory, um, I know now that every interaction that I have with another person, regardless of loverships, regardless of friendship, it doesn't matter what def definitive label you have on a relationship, that anything you do 
not only just impacts you and this other person, but impacts everyone around you and that person. So if I said some mean stuff to Don Light right now, it not only just impacts her, but impacts her relationship. It impacts our relationship. It impacts her child. It impacts her husband. It impacts her friendships, her work. It impacts everyone. So now when I take a step back, I'm in that place of like, oh, I feel confused. I feel pulled this way and I want to do something else. And I'll take a deep breath. I'll stop. And I'll say, okay, what's the most self-honoring choice? What do I want to do? Is that restorative for myself in the moment? And is it restorative for myself in the future? And how does it impact everyone else around me? And oftentimes when I take a step back thinking about, you know, individual and then, you know, more local and then global, I will choose from a, a choice. I will choose from a loving place to actively choose love within my global community. Beautiful. So it's no longer about the sovereignty piece where I'm like, I'm just trying to get up and make my, you know, build my wealth and make my, get my needs met and fuck all y'all. It's about, I want my needs to be met. I'm willing to negotiate some aspect of it. In some ways, there's some things that I won't negotiate around my own personal needs, but I have those covered. I have that. And I've developed tools and techniques, and this is what I teach people to do. And I'm really invested in building a life and a community, just like you, Don, around people who are supporting the world, who are, who are kind, compassionate, loving, and changing the dynamics and the systems in the world that make it restorative. Like, I don't want to just, you know, be blurting out mean things when I'm upset or angry. Because I know that impacts you. I want to say, hey, I'm upset. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I need to go self-source. And I'm, I'm going to like, and you'd be like, oh, you're upset. Okay, I get you. Instead of saying like some prickly thing to make you feel bad. Again, that's playing out the systems of patriarchal, white supremacy, it, it, the systems of abuse in the world. I don't want to play that. So I get to, again, choose something different, something restorative. If I just tell you that I'm angry, but you're like, oh, she's probably being a prickly bitch right now. Okay, I get you. And now you now you know what container to hold me in. You're like, oh, anything Trish says right now, she's probably going to be prickly. <laughs> you see, this is all working. We get to change the system by how we show up with ourselves and with each other. I'm going to pass it to you because I've, I've ranted for a good grip of time. <laughs> we are changing the system, you know, honestly, by just doing our best to do our inner work changes things, you know, and being committed to unraveling your own core patterning around what is going on for you in your life, no matter where it lands. It can land in, you know, your dominant relationship. It can land with your with your parents, it could land in major, you know, work issues. Like there's, you know, a full spectrum of human things that go on for all of us. And it's more just leaning into that compassionate self nature and saying, you know, no matter what is going on, this too is going to pass. And I am going to get the spiritual lessons from this. And I will graduate from this lesson or learning that I'm experiencing and give yourself permission to, you know, go all the way through, you know, what's in the way is the way and how you relate to the issue is the issue. Never forget that. That is such a golden spiritual psychology principle that supports my awakening. Every time I struggle, every time I struggle, I come back to that principle. It's the number one one that I utilize out of all of them. Thirty three. And uh, maybe 34 now, but 33. And so thank you, Ron and Mary, um, for all the beautiful tools that I get to share in the world, which is, you know, spiritual psychology has changed my life. You know, I've done a lot of powerful things in my life for healing, all kinds of workshops, read all kinds of books. You know, I was on this radical adventure of self-love from a young child. And 
and it's led me here. And I'm so thankful because honestly, the pinnacle of that learning was really uh, spiritual psychology. And so I just have foundational, radical tools to unearth the core wounding. And if you are an interested human that wants that in your world, you know, I encourage you to just be bold and brave and say, you know what, I'm ready to dive in. This is painful. I've been grappling with this for a long time and I'm ready to do the deeper dive. Let's have a conversation because that's what it's about, you know, because ultimately the patterns we struggle with are showing up in every area of our life, really, truly. You'll you'll feel it in every area. And so this is going for the gold in your soul, like go for the gold, like graduation on the soul line. That's what this earth school is an opportunity for. It's like we come here to graduate from this, meaning like get the lessons we've come to learn and fully excel so that when we do finally choose to evolve from this body, it we don't have to come back in and do all those lessons again. We get something completely new, whatever that is that your agreement with God's spirit is when you do evolve forward, you know? And so it's just brings me so much happiness to know that I help each soul chip away. You know, it's like we get together and have, okay, I'm going to hand you the hammer and I got the magnifying glass and we're going to just, tink, 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 you know, and keep looking at all the angles of this perceived mountain that we're up against, you know, and it can feel that way in your curriculum sometimes where it's just this mountain of things. You're like, what is this? And how come I, you know, can't get through it? And, you know, I'm honestly here to say, like, even in those times, you know, lean in, lean in, because you have all the inner resources inside, no matter what is on the outside, you have all the inner resources to navigate your situation to rise above it, to overcome it, to strengthen yourself, to fortify yourself and to lean in. And what is, what is the learning that is taking place? So all of it has to do with learning on the soul level. And that's, that's really what we come here for is the love and the learning. So I just encourage you to apply that lens of perception to your reality. What, what, you know, hmm, what am I learning here? You know, and if you can have that curious nature then it gives you permission to get outside of the box your ego likes to place on whatever is going on. And really it can free you from any control patterns going on or anything that, you know, because really when you're seeking safety, security, and, you know, control, it's, it's the ego. And, you know, we all have one to protect ourselves, right? We all are humaning here. We all have one. So that's not like pushing against the other person saying it's wrong or bad because they have one. It's just the wounding shows up there, right? The unhealed places, the trauma, the things that have occurred that really formed our identity to protect us when we were young, but now we're up against it to like lay down the masks and our later, later years, our adult years, it's really peeling back the layers to reveal the authentic self so that our true innate giftedness can come forward. And that's the book you want to write. That's the freaking amazing adventure you want to go on. That's like the soul urge. You know, that's the like, oh, I'm so inclined to do work in this area, right? That's the giftedness that you chose to come and bring here and anything that is blocking it from coming forward is just your patterning. And it's time to lean in, lean in, lean in, lean in, and let's explore it. So I just wanted to give you a little, I don't know, pet talk there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, this is why the show was today the way it is, you know, <laughs> because not only have, I mean, every, I think where we're all, we're all churning. Like, I don't know anybody who's not churning in something like, like, like all the compost of, of human life is just churning. You, you know, my, my life is pretty easy in some capacities and it's pretty raw in a lot of capacities. And there's a lot of human stuff. And, and when you like, my life's pretty good. Because I'm like, okay, I'm processing the information. It's not, you know, rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns all the time. In fact, it's mostly not that. 
but the way that I'm, ch- I'm choosing to show up to what comes to me is different now. I'm like, Oh, here's the shit again. Here's not even the shit. It's not even a judgment. It doesn't look like that. It's like, Oh, here's, here's some places in me that I'm uncomfortable about it. And I'm finding myself, my brain and my body overwhelmed. And now I can just share it out like that. That's, I mean, and that's, that's the best I think we can do is in some ways is like, I can just now honestly share that I'm overwhelmed and, and people look at me like, Oh, thanks for letting me know. Now I can, you know, they can manage their own life around it. And so when I show up to something, it's like, oh, I'm gaining information now instead of judging it as often. And when I'm in a judgment, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, what's the belief in me? Or what is it that I want and need that's that's showing up for me right now? And how can I, A, manage it myself, work it out? Or B, what can I share authentically and lovingly? that helps other people co-create reality with me. Again, we're, we're going back way back into the earlier conversation is how do we, if, if you're just participating in these, these ways of being that you're not consenting to, like if I was in a relationship with a person who wanted to be the dominant male partner and I was running it subconsciously without choosing it, and I'm finding myself uncomfortable, I might want to look at that so I can be like, oh, I actually don't want to be in a male-led relationship. I don't want to be in a female-led relationship. I want to be in a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship where there's, do do you see? So now Mm -hmm. I can consent to it. And consent is a really big piece to to this. It's like if I'm just running a program that, you know, um, Dustin said, before he said this, but do you want to play that role? Because that's how we were raised. Do you want to play that role? Because it's comfortable. And if you do do it, just know that you're doing it and consent to that role and tell people you're doing it (laughs) so they can consent to the role that they're playing too. It's an, it's the paradigm that we're raised in. Yes. And, And that's a big piece is like just taking a step back and, and continuing like the, the keys, Don always says this, um, Oh, I'm not going to say what you say. What, I, what I'm going to say is that when you start walking back your discomfort, when you look, when you're like, ah, crap, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. I'm creating judgment. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm upset or whatever it is. What is it? What is underneath that? What is running that story or the behavior or the action? What is running that? And sometimes you go down a rabbit hole. Maybe even the rabbit's rabbit hole. I don't even, <laughs> you know, maybe you start looking at like, oh gosh, I don't want to, you know, shave my legs or, oh gosh, I don't want to participate in these things or, oh gosh, I don't want to say a racist joke anymore because my friends think it's funny. I don't want to oh, do that. Oh gosh, this is not serving me any longer. It's this creating not more of this in my life. It's not serving I, me or it's not serving the people that I love. Mm-hmm. Or it's not like, is, is me slut shaming someone? If me talking to my friend being like, oh my God, that hemline is so hot. Or, oh my God, she's wearing like so much makeup. Like, is, or, oh my God, I can't believe he's wearing a dress. Like, Here's cares, the thing right? though. If it's like, time we jump and look. Anytime we judge ourselves or judge someone else, it's a judgment against self. So it's self-condemnation. Yes. And that's the thing. People don't realize when they're like smack talking, right? They don't realize that it's just, it's just creating more material in the unconscious for them to sort through later, which is draw. It will, it will eventually draw and attract patterns to them to sort through, which is going to be uncomfortable conversations or character types showing up, creating more of the same uh, icky, sticky, uncomfortable, you know, that sandpaper feeling that you get sometimes, you know, and you're like, God, why is this here again? But it's really rooted in your own um, co-creation, you know? And so it's really like, this is where we bring more consciousness to how we back to the conversation of how we, how we're perpetuating it. You know, and we don't, we don't think like, or, you know, when you're driving and you're like, 
angry at the other person, you know, for what are cutting you off or whatever. And you're like that, you know, and you want to, you know, say the bad word towards them. And that's like immediately catch yourself. And even if you do it, it's okay. You're human. Go ahead and cancel clear. Oops, cancel, cancel that, you know, and then you start to correct your behaviors and start to become a little more aware in the moment, you know, and the next time it happens, you can catch it and maybe it won't even fly out of your mouth. And then maybe you won't even have the thought next time, you know, and it's a practice with ourselves. It is. And it's about being compassionate. Like it's about humanizing oneself and other people. Right. Because if I just wanted to wrap up this whole idea or this thought that I've been having over the last little while is that when we judge or when we perpetuate our own harm or other people's harm is that it really is just participating in systems of dehumanization. And so when we choose loving action, when we choose compassion and empathy and curiosity and understanding over our own judgments, over our own being rightness, our own, um, I'm going to use this word very specifically, selfishness, meaning like the way that we want to win over others. That when we choose those things over loving compassion, that's when we continue things like sexism and racism and classism and and these, these things where we like chip away at someone's worthiness to be loved or our worthiness to be loved, right? So if you... I know that this is a lot in this show and I know that we're not really necessarily teaching. And I I love that this is the way that it was today. Um, Let this integrate, go back and watch it and, and just again, choose, you get to choose here how you show up in the world. Are you showing up lovingly to yourself? Is your inner conversation loving? Do you, does, do you feel like you deserve love? Do you feel like you deserve the things in your life? Just one second. Because if you don't, look at why. And maybe you don't have the answers why. Look at the system that we live in and give yourself some compassion for it. We're leaving you with homework. This is your homework. (laughs) How am I creating and perpetuating what is going on in my life? Yes. And what, what what is the system involved what is it like? Go deeper with it and just have, explore it. Come back and let us know. Leave us some notes on our, on our, leave us a message on the self-love show page. Like really, if you want to have a deeper conversation about these things, reach out, like tell us what you're struggling with. We want to support you. We want to produce shows that support your awakening and growth. Like that matters to us. So the more feedback we get, the better we do. And so in a sense of like, we're already doing great and we want to continue to like support even further, right? So topics of interest really interest us. You know, these are really important things. And today's conversation was so fruitful and awakening, I'm sure for many. And um, so grateful to share from our hearts, like what we've experienced in our journeys and you know, this is such a powerful takeaway, right? How am I perpetuating what's going on in my life? And this is why the name of the show is Who Am I That My World Is? I really do want to thank the person that shared this this line with me. This person was the first person to really show up and share with me about integrity. And I've deepened that work over the last while. And I'm, I'm really grateful. Who am I that my world is? How am I manifesting? We'll call we'll, we'll use a spiritual word, <laughs> manifesting this in my life. And how am I relating to it? How am I drawing it in through my actions, my behaviors, and my thoughts? Ding, ding, ding. How you relate to the issue is the issue. <laughs> 
I really want to thank everyone for showing up, for staying with us for so long and for, you know, typing in the chat box and, and sharing your thoughts and, and really, you know, engaging with our posts. I, I want something that I do want to share is that we have a Patreon. If you want to support um, this show to keep going and to have um, like larger, um, amazing guests, like, Give us a little, give us a little love and we will be so appreciative. <laughs> yeah. It helps us do what we do. You know, there's back end tasks and all kinds of things that go on with the self love show. And we want to just keep growing and growing our following and supporting you even further. So it's just bigger. It expands that ability. Right. So thank you. Take a, take a gander at the Patreon. We're really excited to have it. And for those beautiful sisters and women seeking to expand their love and trust and really explore where the distrust has been in your relationship dynamics, you know, and come home to greater levels, please come over into, you know, reclaim your trust for women. It's here for you. We're supporting you, excited to help you grow and expand in your loving. And of course, you can work with Dawn Light. I don't know how many places that like any positions or clients that you're taking on right now. Um, but let me drop your link in. Yes. My, my link tree is here and it has all the links for everything. Um, I encourage you to go explore like all the self love show links are there. Um, my own personal YouTube channel that I just started is there. Uh, you know, <laughs> Facebook, link all of it. And if you're interested in booking a coaching call, you know, I do have a sliver of time for one or two people to join right now and I'm preparing to launch soon. So, um please come jump in there and have a, have an authentic conversation, soul aligned conversation. Love to have you. Love to talk to you. Love to support you and love to help unravel what it is for you in your journey. So thank you so much for showing up for yourself and for the world. And we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Mwah.